Lifehouse fam, we have an incredible day planned for you. I am excited because I get a week off from preaching. We have, <laughs> we, we have got a great brother here to preach for us today. Before, uh, before he comes up, I want to, um, to let you know we have got a brand new sermon series starting next Sunday. Uh, we're taking a road trip. Everyone loves a good road trip, right? Especially a good summer road trip. So we figured this summer we're going to go on a road trip as a church, and we are taking a road trip through the Bible. So we're going to start next, next week in Genesis, and in 13 weeks through the first week of September, we are going to do road trip throughout Scripture, hit the highlights, the kind of like big points. So we're going to start in Genesis and in Revelation. And so we, it is going to be interesting. So come on this trip with us. It starts next next Sunday. We, we, we know it's summertime, so you're going to be traveling. You're going to be out vacationing, visiting family and stuff like that. We have got our podcast, though, iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure that you keep engaged with us as you're doing your summer travel and all of that. Because this series, we want to help you understand the Bible better. Also, really, really quick, life groups are starting uh, not this week, but next week. You can go online, lifehousenn.com, to sign up for a life group there. Also, if you want more information about that, you can sign up on your U-card. It's going to be awesome. All right, today we have a great brother. We're finishing out our, our IM series, and so we have a gentleman, Dwayne Goodrich. He, he has been coming to LifeHouse now for, what about Dwayne, about two months or something? Two months, two, two and a half months, and I've just come to love this, this guy. You can hear him from about a mile away laughing. Uh, just, he's just got so much joy. I mean, you can just tell this dude loves Jesus. He's passionate ab about God's word, and I'm just excited to have him here at LifeHouse preaching God, preaching God's word to us. I sincerely believe today if you open up your heart to receive, God is going to speak to you and transform your life. Lifehouse family, can we give a warm welcome to Dwayne Goodrich as he comes up and preaches the word to us today. Do you got a microphone? Love you, man. Amen. Amen. Whoa. I'm not used to hearing my voice. It's amazing when you hear yourself and then it comes like live and stereo like this. Can y'all turn me down a little bit? I will say this, it does make me feel a little taller up here. I don't know if y'all know, I am standing up. I am, I am standing up, amen, amen. But can we give God a hand clap of praise? Oh, can we stand up and give God a hand clap of praise? If you know God has been good to you this week, and he's done at least one good thing for you this week, if you woke up this morning and had air in your body, strength in your bones, praise be to Jesus. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here at Lifehouse. And I'm so, I'm just very excited, y'all. I'm very excited. And I'm uh, thankful to Pastor John. And have y'all been blessed by this I Am series? Oh my gosh, it's been so good, amen? Talking about the first week that I am new, and the second week was I'm loved, and, and the third week was I am reconciled, and now we're going to be talking about I am better, amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I am better. 
I don't know about y'all, but this is probably a little Baptist thing. So I do a whole bunch of high-fiving and, and tell your neighbor stuff. So, you know, hopefully your neighbor smelled good and brushed your teeth this morning because you're going to do a lot of talking to them this, this morning. Amen. But I am better. Amen. Amen. So anybody familiar with Romans 8:28 and Jeremiah 29? Amen. And we know all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, I know the plans that I have for your life, thoughts of good and, and not evil, to bring you to an expected end. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever said it? Now, the interesting thing about that is that we can quote that scripture, but in order to really fully understand it, you got to live that thing. You got to live that thing. You got to go through some things to really understand that when God's word says that all things work together for the good, that it really means that all things are working out, that God somehow takes everything, every little thing, every high note, low note, the wrong notes, and somehow mushes, mushes all that stuff together to make it good. He doesn't say that it will all be good, but somehow he says that he will all make it good. Amen. Amen. And in the midst of going through things, it's, it's, it's hard to um, sometimes deal with our current circumstances sometimes. And this is when we have to remember that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. He has a plan. And it's hard sometimes to trust in that plan, especially when life just seems to be full of twists and turns and ups and downs. Um, I guess almost kind of like a, a roller coaster. Right. Life can be much like a roller coaster. But the good thing about it is that God is faithful. He is faithful and he made us to be overcomers. And so after looking back, I believe that if we look back on our lives through the right lens, we can truly say, I am better, not bitter. I'm, I'm, I'm better because of what I went through, not bitter. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your love and your care, Lord God. We just pray that you would speak, Holy Spirit, speak to us and speak through us, Lord God. Father God, as this word comes, let it come in power, truth, and in conviction. In Jesus' name, change our hearts, Lord God. May your word fall on good ground, Lord God, and multiply it. Draw us closer to you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm better, not better. Amen. All right, let's turn to, if, if you have your Bibles, I know everybody put it up in screen, but that's definitely an old, old school thing. Um, let's look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It's amazing how everything just pops up here. So it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Somebody say perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, ooh, mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, the interesting thing about this, this, this verse is that James wrote this book to all of the Hebrews that were scattered abroad, not in, in Africa, Asia, and, and in, in Europe. The, the Hebrews are scattered abroad, and this is in the time of the early church, so they're going through massive amounts of persecution. And he understands that they're dealing with so much pain and so much heartache. Many of them are losing their lives. And what he does is he, he addresses their situation. He tries to encourage them to, to keep the faith and to keep moving. He doesn't necessarily talk to their pain, but more so he speaks to their perspective. 
He speaks to their perspective because, see, James understood is that, you know, if, if, with, the, with perspective, considering what they were going through, it could either fuel their faith or it could destroy it. So what James does is he points them towards God and encourages them to look towards God and remember that God is in control. He is the one that is is constantly looking over them and that even though they may go through some hardship and some hard times, that God has never forsaken them. He's never left them. Amen. Jesus said, I will be with you even until the end. So James tries to encourage them that though you're going through something even right now, not to forget to look through what you're going through with the right perspective. In other words, he's going to use that thing that you went through, that loss, that heartache, that car breaking down, that person leaving you, that, per- that job that you lost, everything that you've gone through that you considered bad, that you considered that you didn't want to deal with. And I, I'm, 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 I'm not your kids. I'm not talking about that. Everything, everything that is that you're dealing with, God is using those things, as the scripture says, to build you up, to build, to test your faith and build perseverance. Amen perseverance. In other words, he told them that they had to have a faith perspective. Amen? A faith perspective. So a a perspective, what is that? A perspective is a particular attitude towards or regarding something or a viewpoint. How you specifically look at life, how you interpret things, how you see it, right? Thus, a faith perspective is an attitude or a viewpoint in light of the truth of God's word and his character. Not just looking at what you're going through, but looking at it through the lens of faith. Amen? Our ability to see God's presence and purpose within our suffering strengthens our faith and our spiritual growth. Amen? And this is important, especially when we're going through some low points in life. This is why we cannot preach a feel-good gospel, amen? We can't tell people that, so you come to Jesus, everything going to be all right, and you know, that's, you ain't never going to have to worry about anything ever again. The devil is a lie. That is not true. That is not true. In fact, when the, the, the scripture says that we must pick up our cross daily and deny ourselves daily as we pursue Christ, what happens is that God begins to prune and, and cut off those things in the world, those things that we picked up along the way, and he takes those things out of our, our, our backpack and try to tell us, no, no, I know that you were told an eye for an eye, but, but, but let me show you a better way. God shows us a better way, and that sometimes can be painful. This is why we have to have a faith perspective. Amen? So while we're going through things, recognizing that God is using every mountaintop and every valley experience to make us more like him. To make us more like him. Who in here wants to be more like Christ today? Amen. I love the fact that one of the, that the, the motto of the church here at Lifehouse is life change through Christ. Life changed through Christ, and as we pursue Christ, our life starts to change, amen? Our attitude starts to change. When we start to see ourselves and others in light of God's word and God's truth, things start to change, amen? Amen. Amen. Things start to change. So it's important for us to not only have this uh, faith perspective in order to approach life and get through it, in light of the truth. But the next thing that we need to understand is that this faith perspective also guards against becoming bitter. 
towards God and towards others. Because truth is, you're going to go through something. Amen? We all going to go through something. But if, I, if we're not careful to look at things in the proper light, what happens is we start to take our circumstances and blame others for things that maybe we have done or, or have been done to us. Anybody in here ever ran into somebody who was just bitter? They just got a really bad attitude. They, you, 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 you say, hello, hey, how you doing? They like, they, they give you the, yeah, Pastor John, the stank eye. You know, or they look at you like you, my height. What? I was just trying to say hello. And the thing is, is that we, we, we're dealing, we deal with the symptom of, we're dealing with the symptom of their issue, not necessarily the root. And, and what happens is if we're not careful, we can, we can attach them what they're dealing with, with who it is that they are. And so it's important for us to, to recognize that, 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 that we have to look at our situations through the lens of God's word and his truth. As Pastor John said a couple of weeks ago, trusting in God's character over our circumstances. Amen? Amen. This is incredibly important. So we see where does all this processing go on? It goes on in our mind. Amen? Amen. So at conversion, when we give our heart to Christ, the spirit becomes new, but the soul has to be brought under subjection. Amen. Mind, will, and emotion. That mind has to be brought under subjection. It's the mind that has to be made to submit unto the spirit of which the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us on the inside. So, so our mind has to come into alignment. That way we are able to process things properly and see things the way God really wants us to see it. So when you go through something, you don't look at it as God punishing you. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 not to punish you for what you've gone through, but in, instead to, to look at God in your situation and say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? Why is it that you keep getting cut off when you get on 64? Lord, why does it always happen? Every time I get on 64, I'm getting cut off. Some of y'all got cut off this morning coming to church. Don't tell me what you said in the car, but why do I keep going through this? And it's, it, we got to be careful not to, to take every situation and look at it as if God is punishing us. But maybe God is using those things to teach us, to discipline us, right? Discipline is not punishment. Discipline is teaching as it's defined. Teaching. Punishment is for something that you've done. Discipline is for where it is that you're going. If God is disciplining you, he's training you, he's working, he's building you up, he's teaching you, he's, 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 he's giving you himself, he's revealing who it is that he is in you such that you may be able to withstand whatever it is that's coming around the corner. Discipline is about where you're going, not where you've been. So this is why the word says not to, to, to despise the, chast the chastisement of God, amen? For God only chastised them that he what? loves and those that belong to him. So if God is chastising you, that means that you belong to the Father. Amen? Amen. You clap on that because God is good. Amen. So, so here, is, here is the uh, question I have. So if, if all of this processing takes place in the mind and the Word of God tells me that as a man think of in his heart, so is he. That means that 
as I perceive things is what, how I see them as real and true to me. In other words, perception is reality. Regardless of truth. Regardless of truth, perception is reality. How you see things determines what you believe is true. Somebody walk by you and they don't speak. Oh, they must have an attitude. Well, maybe not. I mean, I, maybe I just didn't see you this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> but is, is it not easy to assume that maybe they had an attitude because they didn't walk by? They walk by you and they say nothing? Am I, am I the only one that that's happened to? Am I, oh, okay. I, I, I was just, I was just, I was just checking. I was, I was just checking. Or to assume that when you did get cut off, that it was on purpose. It's easy to forget when we cut somebody off and it was an accident. I didn't mean to cut you off. Put your hand out the window. My bad. <laughs> but when somebody else cut you off, I know they just didn't cut me off like that. Laying on the horn, speeding up on real, real close. Perception is reality. So who or what is impacting your perspective concerning your trials and tribulations? Who, who is it that's shaping and molding the way that you see life? What kind of attitude do you have? What kind of approach do you have when something happens? I heard a pastor say the only thing that's hard about life is that it comes every day. You know, God uses our, our circumstances to slowly transform us and grow his love in us for others as we receive his love. He's constantly pruning, shaping our mindset to reflect his and molds us such that we not only bear his image, but we also grow in his character. Amen? So, when trouble comes, we're able to courageously face it. Instead of asking God always to deliver us from it, sometimes God wants to see you through it. Amen? But in order to do that, we have to have a faith perspective. We have to look at things the way God sees it. Amen? But what if I don't allow God to shape my, my perspective and my thoughts? If I take a world's view, if I take a world's view, I'm destined to develop a mindset that's contrary to the truth of who God is and misinterpret the events in my life. Those things that were meant to help me, I will consider those things as uh, events to hurt me. In, in other words, instead of becoming better, I become bitter. I become angry. I become hurt. And I'm resentful towards God. I don't want to go to church. I need help, but I don't want to be around the saints. God, I know you're there, but I don't want to talk to you. We have to be careful not to have this kind of mindset. The Israelites are a perfect example of this, right? After 400 years of, of being enslaved, they get delivered, right? 
God sends Moses down there. Ten plagues take forth. Boom. Moses is taking them out because Pharaoh can't take it after he loses his son. Boom. They on their way out. Well, while they're in the wilderness, what happens is all within a, a, a short period of time, they start complaining. Well, wasn't it better in Egypt? Moses, you, 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 you brought us out here to, 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 to kill us. We, we ought to go back. They plotted to kill Moses. They complained against God. And so, and, and, and eventually rebelled against God. But Moses went on top of on a mountain. And so the thing that God was using to deliver them, they took that as an opportunity to, to use that against God. So now they're angry at God that they're not in bondage, but they're free. But they ain't free the way they want to be. No, nah, Moses, we need to go back to bondage. They totally miss what it was that God was doing. They totally miss God's providence. They totally miss that God led them by a cloud by day and fire by night. They totally miss that the shoes were straight the entire time they was in the wilderness. They totally miss that they hadn't, they hadn't fed themselves at all. I, what the world does manna look like? I don't know, but they ate a lot of it. They was mad at that. Whatever, chicken, bread, biscuits, the red, what was it? The red lobster biscuits. I don't know. Hopefully it tasted good. But anyway, they were like, no, we don't want these biscuits no more. We want some meat. Frustrated with the way that God had, had provided for them. And they totally missed it. So their 11-day journey took 40 years. Anybody ever miss God in a situation? Truth is, the carnal mind leads to death, but the spiritual mind leads to life and peace. Amen? And the thing about the carnal mind is that the carnal mind is at war with God. It questions God's nature, who he is. It says, well, it, and it questions God's love. If he loved me, why in the world he let this happen to me? It questions God's power. If he, if, if, if he, if he could have changed my situation, he would have done it, but be, because he didn't do it, he must not be able to. It also questions God's will. Well, he doesn't want to because he doesn't love or care about me. All of these things are lies. Because God loves us enormously, so much so that he gave everything, that he gave his son Jesus the Christ, that we may, that, that we may have a chance at eternal life. He that lived a blemish-free, sinless life gave his life for us who sinned and deserved the cross, but yet he took our place instead. Amen? That no, that, if that's not love, what is it? The scripture says that no greater love did a man have than this, that he laid down his life for a friend. God loves us enormously, but if we don't have a faith perspective, we cannot see or recognize God's love in our daily walk. We can't recognize what it is that God's doing in the good times and the bad times. And though we would like life to always be good, truth is that's not how it is. Not even Christ endured good life all the time. Things happened, amen? And he endured an excruciating time. The Bible lets us know that he was beat beyond recognition. Beat beyond recognition for our sins. That he loved us so incredibly much that we could live in freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from the grave. And freedom from ourselves. 
This is the truth, I tell you. Say he don't care about your money. He don't care about your money. He don't care about your family. He don't care about your stuff. But he does care about your faith. He does care about your faith. Because that is the one thing that God responds to. That is the one thing that God responds to is your faith. Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. That anyone that comes to him must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if Satan can somehow creep in there and, and plant some doubt, plant something within you that says that maybe God just ain't who he says he is, then that he has succeeded then what that does is that halts the power of God working in our lives because God won't respond to anything else other than our faith. So we want deliverance, but we won't believe God for it because we don't believe that he loves us or that he cares. But the truth of the matter is if we look through things through a different lens, through the truth of who God is, then we will be able to not only see ourselves in something, but we will be able to see ourselves through it. Amen? When you believe God, your faith, when your faith is strengthened, you have a different posture towards what it is that you're going through. Amen? You don't look at things as, as woe is me, but what it is that you have a faith posture. Your posture is up that I don't know why this is going on, but I do know who it is that can get me through it. Amen? Has God anybody, I've got anyone through something before? I'm talking about something you didn't really think that you was going to get through. And it was your faith. And, then, and, and, and if you held on long enough, Right? The race isn't given to the swift nor the strong, but those that endure to the end. If you could persevere long enough, God would bring you through. Amen? We got to have a faith perspective. Amen? Let me move on real quick. The next thing is, is that God is testing. What God te when God tests our faith, it builds patience. Now that word patience is hupomune. That's the Greek word that let y'all know I studied a little bit. Anytime you start saying Greek, that means you study. At least, at least that's what they told me. It means, it means cheerful endurance or enduring patience. Amen? God tests us. And growth is isn't accidental. It's done on purpose, and it is deliberate. Amen? That means that in order for our faith to grow, we're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to go through some things. It's going to cost you. No adversity, no growth, no challenge, no victory. We always want to, we know that the Word of God tells us that He's made us more than conquerors, but we don't oftentimes want to go through things that we have to conquer. Amen? I want to be a champ, but I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to achieve anything. And it doesn't work like that, amen? We have to go through things, and, and God strategically, uh, strategically allows us to go through things such that our faith can be built up. The next thing is that it takes faith to obey God. It takes faith to obey God. And sometimes that faith, that obedience leads to conflict and hardship. Do not associate hardship solely with mistakes and, and errors. The disciples in John chapter 9, when they approached the man that was blind from birth, they came up to him and they, and they asked Jesus. They said, Jesus, well, you know, who is it that sinned? Is it, did he sin or, or did his parents sin? And, and, and Jesus said, neither. 
He was born blind that the glory of God may be shown forth through him. That's why some of the things that happen to us isn't because we messed up. It's not because we did something wrong. In fact, the scripture lets us know that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. And if Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tested, what makes us think that we won't be? Amen? Amen. No, no, no servant is greater than his, and than his master. So, so if Jesus was tested, we will be tested the same way. And I will tell you that this faith walk isn't paved with roses, but I tell you one thing, it is paved with grace. It is paved with mercy. And it is paved with victory. And it's going to get hard sometimes, but I tell you what, if the, in the end, if we hold on to God, we'll find out that there's victory that lies in store for us. Amen? And I tell you that you, you may feel like things are falling apart sometimes, but we have a God that specializes in piecing things back together. He pieces those things which are broken back together. So wherever you are this morning, I tell you that God promises to meet you in the middle. He promises to meet you in the middle. And the thing about the middle is that the middle is the hardest place. The middle is the hardest place. Anybody ever ran the mile? Y'all remember running the mile back in the day when you was kids? You had that physical, that PE test. You know, you had to do all the pull-ups and then you had to do the stretching. Amen? I was the only one that ducked that. I'm just playing. We had to run the mile. And so in that mile, you know, you start off sprinting that first, that first lap, right? break off in that sprint, you gone. But when you hit that second lap, it's like, whew. You know, first lap, go quick. Amen? When you first give your life to Christ, everything is great, right? Jesus is good. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see y'all. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. Then you try to go tell your friends about Jesus. They're like, mm, I don't know. No, I remember who you used to be. You ain't real about that Jesus. Stuff. I want to hear that. Jesus, my friends don't love me. In the middle. In the middle. That is where he meets us. In the middle. In the lowest place. Peter said to greatly rejoice through multiple trials. The trying of our, and development and strengthening of our faith brings honor and glory to God. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. That power is the power of God, and it's unlocked by the faith that God builds up in us through the circumstances that we go through. So faith, that faith is what God responds to, and faith unleashed can restore a broken marriage. Faith unleashed can heal a broken heart, change the world, or even plan a church in a theater. Amen? I wasn't here at the beginning, but who told you that having church in a theater was crazy? Who told you that that wasn't going to work? They ain't saying that anymore, Pastor John. But what is it that you are crazy enough to believe God for? Truth is that if, if God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, the more that you believe God for, the more he is able to do in your life. So when you believe God for this much, God said, hey, guess what? I could do a little bit more. And then when you take that next step and you believe God for this, you know what? Yeah, I, I actually can do a little bit more than that. And what happens is before you know, God is taking you from all the way over there to all the way over here. 
What is it that you are willing to believe God for? Amen? So, recognize today that the things that God has brought you through isn't to make you bitter, but to make you better. David said in Psalm 119.71 that it was good that he was afflicted. I mean, this was the king. It was a man that God said was a man after his own heart. David loved God. Anointed to be king at an early age, but didn't become king until decades later. Had some ups and downs. Couldn't keep his hands to himself, unfortunately. And his son drove him out. Lost everything. On the run. Fugitive. Yet, in the end, David says, God, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Because of that, it has taught me your statutes. God held David's hand through everything that he went through. All the ups and the downs. He didn't get there by accident. And truth is, neither did you. And when we ran from God, his love chased us down. He left the 99 to chase us down until his love overtook us and brought us back. He loves us. And everything it is that we've gone through, he's supervised. The Bible lets us know that he does not sleep nor slumber. That he's always there and he had never forsaken us. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Can you stand with me all over the sanctuary? Maybe you said, well, you know what, Dwayne? I have been angry at God. I am mad about what it is that I'm going through. And I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I want to plead with you today to give your heart to Christ. I want to express to you today that there is a love that reaches deep down into every situation. That there is a Savior that we have to stick closer than, than a brother. There's someone that loves you so much. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how long you've done it. But we serve a God who stands here waiting with arms wide open. For those of you that may want to give your heart to Christ today, to say, you know what? I know God does love me. You know, I, I, I'm not going to be better. I want to be better. Pray this simple prayer with me. We're not going to ask you to come up to the front. 
but I'm going to ask everybody to just repeat after me. Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I accept by faith his sacrifice. He was buried and resurrected. And today, I receive him as Savior and Lord. I am made new in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, with everyone's head still bowed, if there's anybody that said that prayer for the first time, amen, we just want you to just stick your hand up in the air real quick. You're the one that said today, you know what? I choose Christ. I choose Christ today. 